Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is June 22nd, Judgment Day, if you will. My name is Phil Prosperdike. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com, and we have finally made it here to June 22nd, 2017, the date of the 2017 NBA draft. The rumors are flying. They do not stop. I think Woj tweeted, I'm recording this at like 2.30 in the morning. I think Woj tweeted like 15 minutes ago about the Suns and Knicks not getting any closer to a Kristaps Porzingis deal. Why the Knicks are trying to trade Kristaps Porzingis, I have no clue. Rob Hennigan is is rolling in his grave or something um, because of that. Uh, but it, 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 we're finally here. And, you know, yesterday on the podcast, we did the, the big mega preview with Aaron Goldstone of Orlando Pinstripe Post. Tomorrow I'll have, um, you know, I'm hoping to do a kind of live podcast or, or, or kind of like a live, re- not a live, I'm not going to air it live, I don't think, we'll see, I may do a Facebook live thing, but I'll, I'll let everyone know, um, but I'll do a post-draft recap with with some, with some with hopefully some people uh, at the Amway Center after the draft, and then probably come back Saturday with a more extensive podcast with sound from, uh, from Jeff Weltman, as well as from the Magic's draft pick, who we usually get over the phone from Brooklyn. Um, so definitely lots coming on the NBA draft and its aftermath. But today, today on the podcast, it just feels like the day before a big exam. It's, it's, it's the, it's the, uh, you know, kind of quiet before the storm. And, you know, it, it, it feels to me very much like, like the day before a big test. And, and I'm sure everyone prepares for tests in different ways. I, every time before a big test, I try to kind of turn my brain off the night before. Um, I, I trusted that I had done my preparation in the weeks and days beforehand. And the day before, I wanted to just relax my mind. I would literally get home from school. If there's something that, that, that was bugging me in the back of my head, I'd, I'd review my notes and stuff. But I wouldn't do hard cramming. I wouldn't do, you know, just kind of read through all my notes again. I, I tried to do my work earlier. I'm, I'm, I, was that, I was that kid. And the day before, I would, play X, I would play Xbox. I would watch TV. I would try and get to bed early. I'm not doing that today, obviously, uh, on this. But I'm not the one making the decision. Uh, and I would just try to relax, kind of take it easy, let my mind rest and reset. And and that's kind of what I want to do here on the podcast. I'm not going to go heavy into any specific prospects. We've done a lot of that over the course of the show, course course of the show for the last few weeks. And in any case, if you go to orlandomagicdaily.com right now, you'll see a complete list of all the players we profiled on orlandomagicdaily.com plus seven more 
seven more bonus prospects that I reviewed real quickly that I call the best of the rest players, like Wesley Wundu, like Luke Kennard, like OG Ananobi, um, players that I didn't get to profile because I didn't think they were kind of on the Magic's, uh, in the Magic's range, but players that I think could end up there either by trade or if the Magic decide to go off board. There's no amount of preparation that I can do to get you ready for this draft. There's inevitably going to be a curveball. That's what happens in these drafts. But what I want to do on today's show for the next maybe 15 minutes, I'm not going to go super long because there'll be a plenty of Magic coverage up on OrlandoMagicDaily.com that I highly encourage you to check out, as well as plenty of coverage coming on the podcast in the days after the draft. So stick here. Stick with me here. We're going to kind of wind down a little bit and then we're going to speed up just to get just to get through things here. The first place I want to start is just by looking at this draft class as a whole. You know, I remember, you know, talking to Magic fans after the draft lottery and 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 the disappointment of the Magic falling to six. And, and, you know, I was... I was that guy who told everyone, look, this was always what was statistically supposed to happen. It's not a good thing. The Magic lost the Lakers pick. They didn't climb in the top three. But they're still in good shape. And what's very, very, very clear about this draft is that they are indeed in good shape. At the sixth pick, they are going to get a good player. And just about everyone who evaluates drafts for a living says the Magic will get a good, or have the opportunity to get a good player at six. Chad Ford of ESPN.com does his annual tiering. And, and the way he tier, and, and I, I actually like the tiering system. Grouping players together who, you know, have similar skill sets that you can com- kind of compare, and, and you're not, and you're you're getting kind of the same talent level. I, I like that system for evaluating a draft. And Stein does his tiering by looking at by or by talking to agents, talking to executives, or not maybe not agents, but talking to executives, talking to scouts that he knows. You know, he's he he. Chad Ford is the draft insider, and it's a damn shame that ESPN is letting him go after the draft. But he said that this draft has more stars, more people in the top two tiers. Tier one is the super-duper stars, Marco Fultz and Lonzo Ball in this case. Tier two is all-stars, all-star talent players. There are more players within those first two, t- two tiers than any draft that he can remember in a very, very long time. And so that means the Magic have a lot of really good options ahead of them. I remember there was that one question I got shortly after the draft that I used in a mailbag. Someone asked me, convince me that falling to six is a good thing. Well, I would always say it's better to have more options. It's better to have more choices available to you. But even in the limited choices the Magic would have at the sixth pick, and I don't think they're limited, but compared to picking two or three, they're limited. Even compared 
to those options. The Magic were picking between good choices. In the conversations I've had since the draft and or since since the draft became more serious and, and we've gotten to this point, it's been a lot of you know, I really like Jason Tatum, but I think Dennis Smith's the right guy. Or I really like Dennis Smith, but what about his, you know, the struggles that he had, his attitude, you know, the attitude that he had at NC State. You know, why why, why not shoot for the moon with Jonathan Isaac? And then you'll get the group that says, no, oh, the Magic needs shooting, go for Malik Monk. I am not here to tell you, you know, I, I'm not here to tell you the Magic are wrong to not pick your guy or to pass your guy or or whatever. I'm here to tell you that no matter who they pick, I'm going to be pretty satisfied as a Magic fan. They may not pick my guy, and I've made pretty clear who my guy is, who I think the Magic should take at six. Um, I'll make it clear in a moment. They may not take my guy, but they're going to take a player that I'm going to be okay with for this team. That I believe can grow into an all-star, into the all-star this Magic franchise so desperately needs. And that's why I think the Magic are in a good place. Because this draft is deep at the top. It is very, very good at the top. And so when you look at this draft as a whole, You know, this draft as a whole, actually, if you look at this draft at the top, it's a very, very good thing. It's a very, very good draft at the top. If you look at the draft as a whole, there are certainly some weaknesses. There are a lot of centers in this draft. Centers, A, something the Magic don't need, and B, something that the league has kind of sent out of vogue. There are quite a few stretch fours. I think it's weak on wings, which will play. Will I think play a key role in the Magic's drafting decisions? I'll talk about that in a moment. But the success or failure of this draft—let's be real—the success or failure of this draft for the Magic is going to come with who they pick at six. If the sixth overall pick in this year's draft does not become an All-Star, people will view this draft as a failure of some sort, especially with some of the other players around him. You know, I, I see this comment a lot. Jonathan Isaac is so raw and so risky. But what if he becomes everything people say he can be? That's the risk of every draft. So you can't escape that. This this draft is a chance for hope. As I've said on the show numerous times, the player the Magic will pick at six, they would have taken over Victor Lodipo at two. They would have taken over Aaron Gordon at four. And they would have taken over Mari Wazoni at five. This is the best player the Magic will have drafted in the last five years, easily. And I think that should make everyone very excited for what's going to happen tomorrow, happen tonight. Should make everyone very, very excited for what's going to happen tonight with this team. Because this team is going to change for the better, one way or another. In my opinion, it's going to change for the better one way or another after Thursday night. And so, you know, yeah, everyone has their favorite guys, but I would say let Thursday be a little bit of a celebration. We 
can have some hope again. There is risk. There's always risk. And we'll see exactly what they do with who they get and, and the other moves they make. There are There's plenty of opportunity to make trades and make deals. But take Thursday night's draft as the first step back. This isn't taking... Taking Jonathan Isaac's not the same as taking a very raw Aaron Gordon. Isaac is further along than Gordon was in, in college. And even then, you take a Dennis Smith. Dennis Smith is ready to play. You know, there's there's a lot of people who, um, you know, like players like Josh Jackson or Jason Tatum. You know, I I think Den, you know, I, I I'm I'm not gonna hide this. I think the Magic should take Dennis Smith with the sixth pick. I think Dennis Smith can be the Rookie of the Year next year. I really believe that, even over Markel Fultz, especially if he comes to a Magic team that so desperately needs his playmaking. So. Be excited for Thursday. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Now, to move on to what's going to happen Thursday, I think I think the draft is, is really unpredictable. It's hard to say exactly what's going to happen Thursday. I'm going to have my, my, my official mock draft up Thursday afternoon. Uh, I'm still finalizing it. I am still debating who the Magic should take. Or not necessarily who the Magic should take. I know I think I know who they should take. I'm trying to figure out who I think the Magic will take. And that's that's definitely something that I learned a little bit in doing several mock draft exercises. I I had the I've had the opportunity this draft season to do a few mock drafts. It started with um, the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. Um, if you haven't listened to the, that those episodes, there are five episodes, six picks each day um, for the last week on the Locked On NBA podcast feed on iTunes or Audio Boom. Just search Locked On NBA. Um, all the Locked On networks, all the Locked On podcasts in the NBA picked for their teams. Um, we did trades. I'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. Um, and it was a really eye-opening exercise. I mean, it, it really helped me dig into who's in this draft and figure out who I like and who I didn't. And honestly, I wish I did that mock draft last because of the trading aspect. I didn't. I wasn't as aggressive with the trades as I wish I, I was now. But I also did a mock draft for the fan-sided. Did the fan-sided expert mock draft and, and saw how that played out. And I did the uh, Boston Globe's beat writer mock draft. And again, saw how things played out there. And in each case, there were definitely some regrets, some definitely some hesitations. But I noticed a lot of the same things occurring. The first thing that I learned in these mock drafts is, in all likelihood, if things play out the way people think they will play out, the Magic are going to have the choice at six between two of the following three players. Jason Tatum, Dennis Smith, and Jonathan Isaac. 
No one had Josh Jackson falling, although I think that is possible. No one had De'Aaron Fox falling, which I don't think is as possible, but I can see a scenario where that happens. In all likelihood, the Magic will be picking two of three between Isaac, depending on when he goes, he could go earlier, Tatum, and Smith. And as I said before, this is a good problem to have. All three of those players can play in the NBA. They have an NBA skill. Tatum is a great isolation scorer. He's got a growing three-point shot, decent athlete, great attacking player. You can give him the ball and he will score. I have every faith that, that he can make it in this league. Dennis Smith is a fantastic athlete, great driver and attacker of the basket, can create his own shot. He's got to grow as a point guard, got to grow a little bit defensively, but I think he's ready to hit an NBA floor and make an immediate impact. And Jonathan Isaac is probably the biggest risk of them all, but has the most upside of them all too. He's got a tight handle for a guy who's 6'10", really athletic player, great length, great defender already. I think he... I think. Like I said, he is uh, he is further along than Aaron Gordon. The question is, can he develop that three-point shot? And for the Magic especially, can you pair him with Aaron Gordon? Can you build with Isaac and Gordon as your two core players? Those are big questions. But I don't think I don't think the Magic would make a mistake picking any three. I would be happy with any three of those players. And so the Magic are in a good spot. As I noted. I am a Dennis Smith guy. I think I think the Magic should take Dennis Smith. He is the best mix of talent potential, all-star potential, and fit. And I know Jeff Weltman said they don't want to necessarily look at fit, but to me, it's important for the Magic to look at fit only so far as they make sure Aaron Gordon has space to operate at the four. I don't want to cramp Aaron Gordon, especially this year. And so that's, that's why I... I tend to go in that direction. Whether the Magic actually take Dennis Smith is, is another matter entirely. But I, I'm a big Dennis Smith guy. I I, I think the Magic should take him. Uh, that would be my pick. And in every mock draft that I did, Dennis Smith was the guy I took. But I will note the second thing I learned is at pick number 25, there are not a lot of very good wing players. Like I said, this is a center-heavy draft. There are a lot of centers in this draft, from Ikeana Bogu to Bam Adebayo to uh, Harry Giles. You could throw John Collins in there, who, who slipped in one of the mock drafts, and I ended up taking him because it was just the talent was too much to pass up. This is a very center-heavy draft. There are some stretch fours in there, too, like Tyler Lydon, TJ Leaf. But they're not a lot of wings. And I think most people would agree that the Magic need kind of a true small forward. And the options at 25 to take a small forward, I think, are pretty limited. And I wanted to avoid the centers because I didn't solve the Nikola Vucevic-Bismack-Biombo problem. And so I didn't want to further clog that up. I've got Steven Zimmerman, but I'm not married to him. Um... I didn't want to further clog up that center log jam by introducing a rookie to the equation without without trading away one of the two. It didn't happen. And so, 
part of me when I was drafting at 25 in the locked on pot mock draft where I took DJ Wilson, who I think can play a little bit of three, but he's probably more of a four. Um, still learning to stretch, become a stretch four. Um, I think the thing that I learned is that the point guard options at 25 are a lot better than the wing options at 25. And as I was sitting there making that pick, it, it made me question whether, you know, maybe taking Dennis Smith is not the right value pick here. As much as I like Dennis, and, and, and I don't think this is the way the manager should approach things at all. I'm just noting that this is a thought that I had. Because certainly you want it that that first pick, that sixth pick needs to be your best, the best player on the board. That that needs to be the best player on the board, period. Um, you worry about filling needs maybe a little bit later, finding guys who can contribute immediately a little bit later. But there are definitely a shortage of wings in this draft. There are definitely not a lot of capable wings. You know, with 25, do you take a reach on, on Wesley Wundu of Kansas State? As I watched more of his tape, I, I was beginning to think, you know, maybe maybe I would take a chance on him. With, you know, the backup point guards, though, and I don't think the Magic are going to necessarily look for a backup point guard because they've got DJ Augustin on a long-term deal right now. But backup point guards at 25, you got Juwan Evans, uh, Derek White, Frank Jackson. You've got options there. And, and you don't want to you don't have a lot of space for twos although you can certainly take a two and you need shooting and there isn't a lot of shooting at the back end of that draft unless you're going to take Alec Peters uh, or, or, or Tyler Lydon to stretch fours so the, the options there there are good options I, I think there are still good options and talented players at 25 but the 25th pick may not be a pick where the magic focus intently on a need. In fact, like I said, I kind of wish I did the Locked On podcast last because now that I'm more familiar with this draft class through through all the profiles that we've done, I would really, if I'm the Magic, I would really aggressively shop 25 and one of my second round picks to trade up to the 12, 13, you know, 12 to 15 range where I would target a wing there. You know, the Magic reportedly like uh, Luke Kennard from Duke. Really good shooter. It's pretty much, that's really what he does. He's a really good shooter. Just a smart basketball player can work off screens. If you're looking to get your shooter, that might be how you go go get him. Now, Kennard is a two. There's people who think he can play point guard. I, I'm not sold on that. But a little bit undersized to play the two. Not a great defender. Bring him off the bench. He can play the Jody Meeks role. I also like Oji Ananubi. Doesn't have a lot of offensive skill, but, you know, kind of a big three, good defender. You know, I think he'll bring, you know, I, I, I'm a big guy. You know, if you're going to find guys who have defensive makeups, they need to have that defense already in them. They need to love to play defense. And that's something I really like about Jonathan Isaac and why I do, I do think that you have to really um, figure it out. You know why the Magic really have to look seriously at him, even though they, he didn't work out for them. Isaac has that in him. Josh Jackson has that in him. They love to play defense. Those are tough to find. Um, but Ananobi is still improving his offensive game. You get him downhill, get him squared to the basket. He's got a he's a really physical player, and he can 
bully his way to the basket. Um, if he can, he's he's coming off of a knee injury that cost him most of the season. If he is healthy and can come back from that, um, I, I really like his upside. There there are talks of him being a, ten, a top ten pick, so he's a guy that I might trade up to get. Another guy I might trade up to get is Donovan Mitchell. Um, this is at, at this point, it's just about adding talent, and these guys all have talent to grow. Um, I, I I think that that's something the Magic should, should seriously explore, and if it all fails. You know, move into the late teens and take Terrence Ferguson or Shemi Ojolai. Um, I would prefer Shemi Ojolai actually over Terrence Ferguson. He's just a little bit more ready to contribute immediately. Uh, can you know he's a three-four? Can play solid defense. Um, can you know can hit shots when needed? Can get to the basket when needed. Did a lot of really good things at SMU um, after transferring from Duke. So I think for the Magic. They are going to have to be active, and they are going to have to look to trade up in this draft. I think that is absolutely something they need to do, or they should be looking at doing and finding a way to do. But as I've said before, they should do it with the specific intent of drafting someone someone specific. They need to be targeting someone, and they need to make sure they get them. And I think those are the big things that I've learned about this draft by doing these mock drafts. The Magic's pick at six, I don't think anyone has a good feel for what the Magic are going to do. I don't I don't have a good feel. I, I'm kind of debating between two players. I think, I mean, honestly, I'm still, I still have not filled out my mock draft. I'm going to, like I said, I'm publishing it uh, Thursday afternoon. I really, really, really Love Dennis Smith. I really like him. And I think he's the right pick for the Magic. Independent of everything that's being that the Magic are, are putting out there to the media, I think they're going to take Jonathan Isaac. I'm beginning to lean toward them taking Jonathan Isaac. And I think that decision changes the complexion of the draft. There's usually a, a team that no one really knows who they're going to pick. And who they pick starts a, a huge domino effect of teams, you know, kind of going one path or the other. And I think the Magic at six are that pick this year. I think with Phoenix, people generally know who they want to pick. Sacramento, I think people generally know who they want to pick. The Magic, no one knows. They could go small with Smith and continue a run on point guards. Or they could go with Isaac and leave those point guards down to Sacramento. To, to Minnesota, New York, Dallas, Sacramento. And Sacramento even is wondering that too because I'm sure they want Darren Fox at five. But if they don't get Darren Fox at five, they're essentially betting that there'll be a point guard available at 10, whether it be Frank Tilakina or Dennis Smith himself. So that, that's one of the big inter, interesting interplays of the draft. Um, I would note as well that in many of our mock drafts, a lot of us avoided some of the some of the international players. I think it's very possible the Magic take it, take an international player if they're stuck at twenty five. Uh, Anzes Pazenix is a really interesting player, seven foot two center from Latvia. Um, would not surprise me if the Magic take him or Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, I would put Matthias Lasort as well as um, uh, I'm forgetting I'm blanking on the Australian's name. Um, 
Let me look it up real fast. Jonah Bolden. It wouldn't, and Jonah, Bol- Jonah Bolden's probably going to come over relatively soon. But um, it wouldn't surprise me if they look at Matthias Lasort or Jonah Bolden with one of their second round picks if they keep them. But Magic are going to have options again. And, I, and again, I, I generally like these options. There are flaws and there, there's question marks, but I gen- generally like these options for the team. And at this point, we just have to see how it all plays out. Like I said, I'm not going to stress too much about it. You know, if the Magic make a bad pick, I'll call them out on it. Or what I think is a bad pick, I'll call them out on it. But especially at the top, I don't think there's only, I mean, to me, there's only one bad pick. And I hate to single out this guy, but it's Laurie Markkinen. I just don't think Laurie Markkinen's a star. But, you know, I think the Magic are in a very good spot. And that should cause everyone to relax a little bit on Thursday, I hope. Except for management. Management, Jeff Weltman, John Hammond, Matt Lloyd. Be nervous as hell. <laughs> Make good decisions. But feel feel a little bit of that pressure. Fans? Fans? You know, maybe a little bit skeptical. Like we've been burned before in the draft. But, you know, I think, the, I think honestly, just enjoy the evening and... Trust the you know lack for better for lack of a better term trust the process believe in the, this team's future and that they they will be better Friday Friday morning than they will be thir- than they will be Thursday morning. I certainly believe that. And so, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go play some Xbox right now, and and just relax before the big test. I want to thank everyone again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Like I said, we'll have a special episode recapping the NBA draft from the Amway Center um, tomorrow on tomorrow's episode uh, as we deal with the drafter math, as I like to call it. Um, so it should be a uh, should be a fun episode. Hopefully, we'll have some good things to talk about. Magic should be plenty active on draft night. So from seven to about midnight, it's going to be probably a little bit ner- it's going to be a little bit nerve wracking. I'm not going to lie. Um, but like I said, I think the Magic are in a very, very good spot. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Magic, as well as like us on Facebook at Locked On Magic. I'll be sure to link to any um, any uh, in- any interesting articles that that I write. I'll, I'll link to my mock draft as well on on those platforms as well once I publish it tomorrow. Um, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, I highly encourage you to follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily. I will have live updates from the Amway Center. I am currently planning that the tentative plan right now is to have a live blog going of the draft with my immediate reactions to every pick um, as they happen or, or close to when they happen um, on draft night. Um, that's the tentative plan um, that you know I may have to play some catch up at some point as well. But you can check out OrlandoMagicDaily.com for that as well as follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily for the latest on the Orlando Magic, including draft coverage from the Amway Center. Definitely suggest you do that. That's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all for listening. Thank you all for getting us through this NBA draft process. It is finally here, the NBA draft. We, I cannot wait. I hope you cannot wait. And I'll see you all at 7 at the Amway Center for the draft party, maybe. Be sure to check it. Be sure to uh, follow us throughout. And... We'll see what ha- we'll see where the chips fall on Thursday night. Thank you all again for listening for Locked On Magic and Orlando Magic Daily. This has been Philip Brossman Reich. I'll see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. 
You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.